Securities and investment advisory services offered through Next Financial Group, member FINRA SIPC. Sierra Ridge Wealth Management is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group. to the Wealth Accelerator podcast. Thanks for tuning back into part two of my interview with Maria. Hope you guys enjoy it. Okay, so I want to just also find out for you, uh, or from you, that we're, we're in some unbelievable times right now. And, and I, know that, I know that it can be scary for some people, but I would like for you to talk a little bit about what are some of the fit, the pitfalls that we should be aware of. And then I also want to talk about the positive side. So some of the silver linings that we're able to kind of grab out of this right now too. Totally, totally. And, you know, on my podcast and with my clients, I've, I've really been kind of hammering in more of the positive things that can come from this. Cause there really are a lot of positives, even, you know, people fall for this herd mentality and, and they hear the news and they hear what their friends are saying. And there's a lot of negativity, but I'm glad you say that because there are a ton of silver linings, but just to, to get the pitfalls out of the way, let's do that first. So yeah. um, a couple, you know, problems that I see with investors um, and, and pitfalls that are out there. You know, number one is you can't be chasing companies only because they're undervalued right now. You know, a lot of companies got beat up during this whole thing. And I 100% agree. It has been a great buying opportunity and I've been presenting it that way. But just because a company got beat up doesn't mean it's a good investment decision, right? It's so easy to look and be like, holy cow, every single stock that I'm watching just dropped 50% or more, just buy everything. But, you know, you kind of got to look at the longevity of companies, look at their balance sheets, what's going to be changing here with the quote unquote new normal, you know, there could be companies that really, realistically, they're not going to recover from this. So Mm -hmm. just throwing your darts at the dartboard and and blindly picking companies because they've been in the red for so long. um, That's something that you got to try to avoid doing. Another thing that I've seen a lot of people doing is they're telling me, hey, Hunter, you know, I realize it's a great buying opportunity. I'm just waiting for a vaccine to come out. So then the market shoots up or I'm just waiting for my governor to tell me that I'm allowed to go outside and then the market's going to shoot up. Well, the market's a forward looking mechanism. It doesn't take into account. It's not when you wake up, the market has already priced in what it thinks is going to happen six months down the road. So if you woke up today and your governor said, hey, we have a vaccine. We're never going to have the coronavirus again. Everybody go outside. We're back to normal. Well, the market's already, you know, baked some of that in. So you're going to miss that upswing. That probably happened a couple months ago. Mm -hmm. So people that are kind of sitting in fear and waiting for a certain headline to come out, you're just going to miss the boat. You can't time the market that way. It's impossible to do. And another thing that people are doing, you know, they're falling for these economic biases and they're just kind of stuck in fear and afraid to take any action. Um, or they're just making emotional decisions that could really hurt their portfolio. You know, I'm very, very blessed to have really a really good book of clients that I called every single one of them during that, you know, couple weeks time where everything was falling and I'm just talking to them and re going over their goals, kind of talking about my strategy and what I was going to do. And for the, majority of them you know there were some that didn't fit into this idea but i told them i'm like guys as things are falling i think that we should uh you know take a chance right now with some of our portfolio let's get out of some of this safety and move into some aggressive plays 
And, you know, luckily, like I said, I have great clients like Connor, I trust you do what you're going to do. You know, I, I know that long run, we're going to be okay. And those clients that have rebounded amazingly well, not that I was trying to time anything, but buying into some of those discounted companies that I believed had really good longevity, you know, they just have performed amazingly over the last couple of months. But I know of a lot of people that were afraid to do anything or they were afraid that it was going to keep falling. So they sold and never got back in. Mm-hmm. And when you make quick emotional decisions like that, that's how you can really, really get hurt. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad you brought up the emotional side of things because when we're talking about like what financial coaching is versus the, the, the financial planning side of it, so much of it really is being in tune with what you think and what you feel and not making those emotional decisions, whether it's about investing or just spending money, right? Like, or, or saving. I mean, we've, I think you and I have talked before about the idea of waiting for dot, dot, dot. And there is a scarcity mindset that creates this desire to like build, 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 like as much, you know, cash as you possibly can. And, and you wait to live and then, and then something happens the next day, you know, or the next month or whatever, you get a horrible diagnosis and now you only have three months to live. And so we want to make sure that we find that balance of not just waiting to live later on or waiting for whatever, but really being able to say, I'm going to make a, I'm going to make a, an informed decision, but allowing a little bit of risk. A lot of people are like, you know, you have to have high risk to have high returns. I don't think that you have to necessarily have high risk to have high returns, right? Like you can actually have some, some really low risk and have some really high returns in that it's all part of a strategy and knowing what you're, what you're really looking for. So I think part of it's not getting caught up in the, you know, it has to be all this or nothing. And the all or nothing thinking tends to really hold people back, I think. So that emotional piece, keeping that grounded and, and just knowing like, okay, why am I doing this? Like what, what feeling am I having right now? Am I acting out of fear? Am I, am I acting out of excitement? Am I acting out of naivete? Like there, there is something there. Is it just, am I feeling guilty about something? And now I'm trying to, you know, make up for that in some way, shape or form. And the way that we spend and save and behave with our money is oftentimes a reflection of that. So I love that you are the type of advisor who's going to say, let's check our emotions and before we make that decision, right? Like find that balance between emotion and logic and, and all of that fun stuff. Right. I tell people all the time, you know, part of my job is to separate people from their own keyboard. Yes. <laughs> I mean, seriously, the market's tanking, but they, they cannot go and just be like, sell everything. They have got to call me and we got to talk about it. And like I said, I'm, I'm super, super blessed to have a clientele that um, I've built on purpose of people mm-hmm. that trust me and we get along well. So I don't have that happening. But I see other advisors where they're getting a call like, hey, buy this right this second. And then they're like, hold on a second. Like, let's think about this. Um, but I'm also really glad you brought up the low risk and still being able to get good returns out of that. Because um, that's so prevalent of what just happened of this whole coronavirus thing. I mean, for those people that were in a low risk situation, they didn't lose even close to what the major indexes were losing. And people don't realize when the S&P loses 30%, it doesn't need just 30% to get back to zero. It needs a lot more than that. So if you can really minimize yourself on the downside and minimize those losses, and that's our whole goal with active management, right, is to minimize the losses on the downside. It's not always to chase crazy returns. Minimizing those losses, you probably are outperforming better than people that were super high risk and just got absolutely walloped during this time. So 
low risk does not always mean low returns. You can still do really well. Yes, yes, very cool. I appreciate that. Um, there are, there, there's one overarching thing that I'd like to talk about before we close up today. And that is that oftentimes I teach my people how to put their money where their why is. And I, I, think, I think that that's why I operate differently than a lot of the, um, I don't want to say the gurus out there because that's not what I mean, but there's a lot of like one size fits all approaches that are out there, you know, here, just do this, everyone do this. And the reason that I, I think that I do things a little bit differently, especially when I'm sitting one-on-one -on -one with somebody is that yeah. my, my approach is to help you put your money where your why is, because you might have a completely different goal, a completely different dream than person B over here. And I want to make sure that we get your money where yours, your desires are, right? When I spoke with you about how you deal with clients, you actually said almost to the exact same phrase that I use, I think you said something like, I want to help te people teach them to invest to their why or something like that. I don't remember exactly what you said, but I was like, oh my gosh, like this, yes, this, this like all this. <laughs> so can you talk a little bit about why, why that's so important to you? Because they already know why that's important to me. Yeah. Um, so I actually did a few episodes fully on knowing your why and why that's so important in investing. And it's important with anything. I mean, like I said, I try to think that I'm a pretty goal-oriented person, whether it comes to team roping, my book of business, anything. If you don't have a goal that you set for yourself, there's no expectations and it's something that you can never meet. And so I won't take on a client if they just say, hey, Hunter, I've got, you know, whatever amount of money. I got $100,000. Uh, can you get it invested for me? I think it's a good time. Okay, well, what are you trying to do with this? What's the goal here? Are you trying to, you know, to ha have this help you retire earlier? Are you trying to be able to buy a vacation home? Do you just want to be able to help your kids go to college? Do you want to buy a new car? I mean, what is this for? And if they can't answer that question, then how can we ever track if we're doing well or not, or if we're on track to reaching a goal? Because if you gave me $100,000 and I made you 20% in a year, but we didn't have a goal for it and the S&P made 30%, they could just come back and be like, hey, you know, why did we do less than the S&P? Well, <laughs> I didn't know what our goal was, you know? If you want to beat the S&P 500, we got to take on a lot of risk. I didn't realize that that was the goal here. So it just makes it really, really, I mean, impossible to benchmark and to track how our progress is doing if you don't have a distinct reason for investing your money. Yes. And what about the person who says, you know what, I, I know I want, I, here's my goal, but I also want to make sure that I have access to that money before that goal. That's part of their why too, right? Like I want to have some liquidity over here. I want to be able to access that money. And so then as an advisor, you're able to say, okay, well, we can't throw all of it into what, again, I don't know. I do not ever pretend to be an expert with this. And I think you said something about like qualified versus non-qualified accounts, something like that. Exactly. Right? Okay. So exactly. can you explain the difference of that? So people know and here's the thing guys if you I, i'm gonna make sure that hunter gives you his contact information so you can i'm hoping that this is they'll flood you <laughs> with all of these questions but if you don't want to go to hunter and you're looking at somebody else i want you to at least hear some of the terminology so that you can know i need to ask this question and this is why so the difference between a qualified versus non-qualified and talk about it in terms of liquidity if you could or access. yes so that's another reason why it's so important to have a reason that you're investing your money 
Because if, we, if you don't give me a reason that you're investing your money and I just put it in some type of account and all of a sudden you say, Hunter, I need that money. Well, it could be tied up. Because like you said, there's qualified versus non-qualified accounts. In a qualified account, you can think of it more as your retirement type of accounts, your IRAs, your 401ks, all of those sorts of things where your money's tied up for a specific period of time. Depends how old you are. But you know, you might not be able to touch that money for 10, 20, 30, 40 years and or else you get a 10% penalty and ordinary income tax. I mean, that's a huge ordeal. You don't want to mess with that. So there's not a whole lot of liquidity normally within qualified accounts until you reach a specific age. Now, if you were to tell me, hey, Hunter, you know, I've got this sum of money. I want to be able to buy a house in the next five years. You know, maybe I'll go in and figure out, okay, if we just get 5% a year on this money, you'll be able to do this in five years and you'll be able to buy your house. We want to put that in more of a non-qualified account because we want to we want to be able to liquidate that account in five years and not have to pay any taxes or or any penalties on it. Um, you have to pay capital gains taxes still, but not any penalties on it. Um, so those non-qualified accounts they provide a lot more liquidity and work for more short-term goals. So it's important to have both. I mean that's that's the goal of creating a full financial plan, right? Working from I talk about it of building your financial house. Working from putting the base layer down all the way up until we're going to put fancy chandeliers in your house. We want to have these different buckets that we can invest in that some are for long-term goals, some are for short-term goals, qualified versus non-qualified accounts, different risk tolerances. You want to have all these sort of things because it's important to diversify not only within each bucket and picking different stocks and different sectors and everything, but it's also important to diversify against different tax implications and different lengths of time that we're going to be investing yes. in a perfect world. Yes. Um, for one second, I'm going to pull out just the irony of qualified versus non-qualified. I think it's hilarious that qualified means you can't get to it. I know. So <laughs> non-qualified <weird. laughs> means you can't have access to it. So I'm just going to throw that out there because as you know, because we share Mark the hypnotist as a coach, right? And so one of the things I love that he has taught us is that language is hypnotic and it starts to form what we think and what we do and how we, how we react. So I, I just want to point that out because mo most people, at least, well, I shouldn't say most people would think this because most people aren't like me, but when I hear that, I think I want it to, it qualifies for what I'm looking for, right? Yeah. And so, and so just keep that in mind, guys. If you're looking for qualified versus non qualified, it might not mean what you think intuitively that means. So, just wanted to throw that out there. Okay, so I think we, we've covered so much today. Is there anything that we haven't covered that you think is really important for today's listeners to, to hear? You know, the most important thing that I think there is right now, and this is kind of comes back to the silver linings of the current economic situation. I think that people need to realize there is a lot of opportunity right now. Yes. And volatile times is when people actually make the most money. So you have to be smart about it. But like I said, you can't be just stuck in fear and waiting on the sidelines to hear the news that you want to hear because you're too late. Mm -hmm. And you just got to get started. I mean, we talk about it all the time, whether it's entrepreneurship, investing, anything. You can't ever do anything if you never get started. And, you know, the biggest thing that sticks out to me when I listen to people talk about what's going to happen in the future of the economy, because I, I literally laugh about it. I mean, I wake up one day and, and Yahoo Finance will tell me, oh, market capital, market um, expert says that we're going to have the greatest recession ever um, ahead of us. And then I'll wake up the next day and it says market expert says that the biggest boom is coming ever. I mean, it, it's just <laughs> silly. Like, you're just listening to the news. 
Um, but realistically, what sticks out in my mind is when you're investing in the stock market, you're investing in American capitalism and investing in the U.S. economy, which has always recovered from anything that has ever happened. I mean, talk about Great Depressions, earthquakes, hurricanes, whatever viruses that have come through. We have never not recovered. So in my mind, you know, placing your bet on American capitalism and on the U.S. economy is the best bet that you can make. So when you think about it in that framework, this short-term volatility doesn't scare people as much. And it's just a good reference point to have that if your account's falling a little bit, you still own the same amount of shares. We're still in a good spot. We're betting on the longevity of the U.S. economy that always, always, always comes back. And it, and it alleviates a lot of that stress that people have day in and day out when they can now look on their phones and see if their stock is down 2% and it puts a little bit of a bellyache in them, you know? Right. Um, well, I just think that's that, a great perspective. Right. And, but you also mentioned, you know, that you're diversifying things. Um, and, and by that, I mean like the risk and all that. So it's not like you're putting all your chips in the, on the table. Right. So exactly. I, I think even, even though, like you said, you would, you would place your bet on American capitalism. I think that's a kind of cool way to say that you're still not throwing all of your chips into that, <laughs> into that bet. And so I think that's part of the reason that you're able to not not have the belly aches on a regular basis because you know that one one foul swoop is not going to take you out. So I think nope. that's huge. Exactly. Our our your your models are or at least our models are built to withstand volatile times. So um, and that's the part that that's the whole point of active management, right? That you don't get beat up when things aren't going exactly how you want. So, um, but yeah, that's that's kind of my biggest takeaways. I like to bet on American capitalism. <laughs> I love that. And you guys, you need to listen to Hunter's uh, podcast. It is so fun. You mentioned that you love roping and animals and all that. I mean, it's called Wealth Management, right? Is that correct? It's called the Wealth Accelerator Podcast. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> You're good. I, I obviously it, didn't I write that down. <laughs> oh, well, maybe that's part. Maybe that's yeah. why I saw that. So one more time, so they hear it over my laughter. The Wealth Accelerator Podcast? The Wealth Accelerator podcast, yes. Okay, and when you hear it, it sounds like a country song is starting in the beginning. Yeah. I just, I, it's like, you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, am I on the right podcast here? But that's what I love, again, so much about your approach, Hunter, is that you are not afraid to be Hunter Lowry. It is yeah, not thanks. the, it's not the stiff neck person that you would think, you know, as the financial advisor, uh, but you're, you're okay with that. You weren't running away from who you are to try to do what you, what you absolutely love. And so I think that that's awesome. You are, you're working towards your own why, not just learning how to help other people put their money where their why is. So I thank you. Thank you for coming on the show today. Please tell people where they can find you and I'll make sure I put all that in the show notes as well. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the easiest way is just hunterlowry.com. That's kind of, you know, where I send everybody, all my podcasts are there. Um, the link to my personal calendar, everything's right there, but I have the wealth accelerator podcast page on Facebook as well. But then I have a lot of people just add me my personal pages on Facebook and Instagram, just Hunter Lowry. Um, I mean, on any social media, you can find me. So I'm all over the place. <laughs> and it's L-O-W-R-Y, right? Yes, L-O-W-R-Y. Okay. Perfect. I always want to add an E. And I'm, I know. I, so that's why does. I'm telling people so that they can find you without adding the E. <laughs> so Hunter spelled H-U-N-T-E-R, like regular, and then Lowry, L-O-W-R-Y dot com. Yes. Fantastic. And they can, they can go there and find you. And very Perfect. cool. And I can tell you guys that he is Johnny on the spot. Like you, you email him, he will email you right back. I mean, you know, 
you're going to be flooded. So, so make sure you get, make sure you give them 24 to 48 hours, but yeah. <laughs> a regular response time. But, but yeah, I, I, I'm putting my name on you. I'm stamping it because that's, I just think that that's so important to have uh, somebody who sees, yes, I can trust this person. And so again, I appreciate you for coming on today. And if you have any, any other stuff to share with people, you know, I'll hope hopefully they'll just call you instead. Perfect. Yeah. I right. really, really appreciate you having me on. Thank you, you betcha. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of your day, Hunter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Bye-bye. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to my interview with Maria. If you have any questions, want a second opinion, just want to know how to get started, don't hesitate to reach out. You know where to find me at HunterLowry.com. You can go over there and schedule a call with me, and I will call you. With everything that's going on right now, guys, I urge you to be double-checking your game plan, checking on your investments, and just making sure that you're taking control of the situation that's currently being presented to us. But again, thanks for tuning in. I'll be back with more episodes here shortly. Have a great rest of your day, everybody.